This is episode 171 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 171 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Anch Satch on the show. And uh, Anch is a guy that was listening to my podcast uh, from nearly the beginning and decided to jump in and he got into the real estate market in 2020 and now he's scaled his portfolio up over 20 doors. Uh, he just came in with uh, approximately $70,000 and he really made that money work, refinanced, rolled it over, acquired more units, acquired more units. Uh, in this episode, we talk about the mindset and where he started, how to build teams, how to manage tenants, how to manage contractors because Anch started doing work himself. So he started being his own general contractor because he wanted to learn. Of course, when we do that, a lot of times we find out the quality is not that great because that's not our area of expertise. And he took that experience and learned from it and he grew. So we talk a lot about how, finding your why in this episode and applying that to what you do in your everyday life and to the decisions we make to buy back our time. So it was a really good episode on how to take it to the next level, in my opinion, because if you can't get right with why it is that you want to be an investor and why it is that you do these things, it's going to be hard to be successful. So we all got to get in touch with our why. And this was a really great episode for digging into that and showing just what's possible when you really do nail it down. So I think there's a lot to be gleaned from this episode and it's a little bit of a different flavor than what we normally do, which is why I really liked it. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Before we do, as always, I want to remind you that it's extremely helpful if you rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five star would be greatly appreciated. And if you're on YouTube, a like, subscribe and hitting the notification bell, as well as leaving a comment would be really helpful. These things just help the algorithm get this uh, podcast out to more people and hopefully help them as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 171 with Anch Satch. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Anch Satch on the show, and we just went over that, so I know I pronounced it right. Thank you for being on the show. I know you're a longtime listener, and uh, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, it's my pleasure, Andrew, to be here. You know, be able to talk to you, uh, be able to share my journey on on your platform. I've been, you know, as you said, a longtime listener. Uh, I think going back two years, two and a half years, when I started my journey, I've been listening to you since then, and uh, you know, you've been a huge, huge inspiration, and I look forward to this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, I remember, you know, back then, like probably before my Instagram was quite as busy, you were texting me some, uh, some questions and we were kind of going over stuff when you yeah. were getting into your first properties. I think you did a joint venture to start, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is back in 2020. So I started my journey in Jan and I think I got in touch with you somewhere in, uh, I would say, September or October. That's kind of when I started learning about real estate in Canada and how things are done. And somebody pointed me in your direction. And so I bugged you a little bit, I would say. And then you opened up new sources for me. So I went in those directions. And then, yeah, I've not looked back since then. Okay, yeah, glad to hear. Um, do you mind just giving a little bit of a summary of, of where you're at in real estate and what your background is, like how you came to this? I'm actually, uh, so in terms of real estate, Maybe I'll just, you know, give a little bit of background myself. Just a very normal guy. I, you know, work nine to five job uh, with a bank. Uh, so I have nothing to do with real estate. I work in the area of data governance, kind of completely, you know, separate. I have a small family. I have a wife, a kid, four years old. Uh, so I stay in Burlington, Ontario. Then I've got a younger brother in Toronto and my parents are back in India. I came to Canada in 2014 to do my MBA at the Schulich School of Business. Uh, so kind of a you know, typical immigrant story. And then we decided to settle here. I started my real estate journey in Jan of 2020, right before COVID. And I am going to close on two more properties in the next two months. So I'll be at a total of 27 units with those. 27 units. So from zero to 27. And are you, I think your first one was out water or sorry, not water on, um, it was Welland. out uh, Welland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's uh, where, is, that, is that where you're focused? So most of my portfolio is in Welland. I actually, you know, in, I think last year I picked one in London as well. Uh, but then uh, between everything that I had in Welland and then this one in London, it was difficult to kind of manage the two. 
So I decided to sell that one off, uh, I think, late last year. And then now all of my portfolio is Valent, Port Colborne. Uh, and then I, the next one that I do is, is Hamilton. So all in this kind of area, which is okay. kind of closer to me. All right. Yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. It's nice to be able to focus, especially early on as you're getting your feet under you, uh, focus on area. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, just building a, a, a power team in every city is very difficult. I mean, you know the process, but then to find the right people and get them together. And then you almost need everything to be, almost. you know, duplicated yeah. in every city. Yeah. I am not doing this full time. So it just became a little too much where if I had to, you know, on a certain day run in to two places in different directions, it just became impossible. So I decided to let go of the London one, invested those funds back in Berlin. And now I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, it's much, much easier to manage it now. And are you primarily joint ventures at the moment? Uh, no. So my first one was a joint venture. And then I did just one joint venture along the way with a friend who was interested in real estate, but everything else I, I just own personally. And when you did the joint venture to start, was that you coming in as the money partner or are you coming in as the active partner? So it was a little bit of a different arrangement. It wasn't really, you know, completely active versus completely passive. That was an arrangement with somebody who was a little ahead of me in the journey. So I, my, my condition was that I can bring in the funds, but I don't want to be completely passive. I want to be in the active side as well because I want to learn because this is kind of the only one that I'm going to do that way. And then I'm going to go off my mm -hmm. own. And he understood that he agreed for me to be the pass, uh, the active partner 50, 50, and he was okay with also bringing in the funds 50, 50. So we kind of split the whole deal right down the middle in a way. Oh, okay. 50, 50. That's a less common uh, structure these days. So I mean, yeah, I know I a lot of people want that, but uh, that's not what a lot of people get. <laughs> Uh, it just it just happened that he was okay to do that. He he was looking for somebody to, to you know take the mortgage like mortgage qualification, which I had. So that was the one thing that I did more than anything else. But everything else was just split fifty fifty. And I think yeah. So it is uncommon. I haven't actually you know. And if somebody was to approach me today and, and do it, it's not easy to actually you know have someone be really involved throughout the process and then teach them as you go. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was good. And, and he helped me with the first one that we did. Yeah. That's a, I feel like I know who you partnered with. Do I? No, uh, no, he's, he's no, a very okay. silent investor. I feel okay, he has a okay. good portfolio, but he's very silent. Otherwise. I, I thought we had a common connection there, but I could be confusing things because this was a long time ago that we had this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did something similar for the the Florida thing, although I came in as the money partner, but it was like, I, that's my like price of admission. I came in as money partner and just so that I could learn first make contacts, one, right? make the contacts because that's the key thing. Um, right. You know, for me, like you said, the power teams, the, the hard thing. And, and if you're your own general contractor, like I've always been, you need many people. It's not just one. You're not just, you know, you're not just getting a general contractor. So um, right. I sort of kind of morphed my model a little bit to actually allow to, have a general contractor, which I've never really done, which uh, anyone who's followed me knows that's uh, that's not something that I took took lightly. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> something you preach, and and I think it's 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 you know yeah. that's the advice I've actually implemented as well, where you cannot be a specialist and you cannot do everything. Yeah, and you know doing that first property where we didn't use the the a GC, I was kind of the GC myself, and we brought in trades. To be honest, by far that's the worst property we have in terms of the mm. finishing. I've right, done the flooring be. there. Yeah. yeah. And I've done <laughs> the flooring, be. I've done the paint and everything. I know things don't line up. They're not the same yeah. quality as they you should be. You did it yourself? Be. Yes, I did a lot oh, of that stuff no. myself. That's not what so, I so, ever suggested. <laughs> well, no, I, I have said I did I did jobs myself, but yes, you will you will suffer on quality when you do it. But you'll learn that way if you do a little you bit. You learn of it that yourself. way, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so then you know when you connect with people who are doing those things for you, you know that. You know what you want to ask. Yeah. Yes. And you know the pricing, which definitely has changed a lot since yeah. I did it, but still you have some idea of where to mm. source the material from, what kind of work needs to go in, what does quality look like? And you yeah. can ask those questions if you've done it at least once and then yes. seen it. Yeah. But it's definitely not recommended. It is a lot of work. Oh yeah. It's product. a ton of work. Yeah. The only way you can really do that is if you got the time, right. You will save a little bit of money. You'll get inferior finishes for the most part, because most people just, you know, you're not going to be great at something if you don't specialize. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Like I, that is my path and how I started. Is it the best way? 
you know, everyone's going to have their own answer. I don't right. like the quality you get. Like if I look back at my earlier projects, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> it's not the best thing. But it know. is why I learned, right? I learned through that. But I mean, I think the sweet spot is you have good trades that work for you. Um, and then you can be your own GC and you just have trades that you quarterback to, uh, which is sort of how I run my, my construction company now. Um, but I'm not opposed if trust is the biggest element, right? If you can find right. a, a general contractor, you feel like you can trust for however you arrive at that. And that's not something to be taken lightly then that's like 99% of the battle, then, then it actually could work. And I exactly. work out, I work out what I'm paying the GC in Florida and it's, it's not nothing. Like it's like 20 or $30,000 per house uh, that mm -hmm. that's their fee plus all the costs. So, but I mean, if they can eliminate me from the picture and I can still have a good build from somebody I trust, then, you know, that's a, that's a whole new game, which I've never really experienced. So I'm actually kind of pumped about that. <laughs> I am actually doing that. So since I did my first project, I, you know, I would say, in a way, I bumped into this GC who did my next project after that. And then ever since uh, we developed that relationship where I could completely trust him kind of running the show for me, uh, I've been, so we're usually very detailed upfront where I tell him exactly what I want, how I want it. But then since we have done so many projects together, he knows pretty much everything. Every time we, you know, encounter something new, he would ask usually. But otherwise, he's been a huge, huge help. And now that I look, you know, when I look back, I am, you know, I'm, I'm okay to actually pay for whatever it takes mm -hmm. for me to actually keep them in the business because they have really helped me scale. They help, they've actually helped me uh, bring the stress down from the renovation part. Yeah. They've been good quality on time right throughout even COVID when I, you know, heard other investors having issues around materials and supplies uh, and, and labor. We had some challenges, but 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 this guy actually helped me manage all of that. So you know, huge shout out to to him because he's really helped me keep my mm -hmm. head straight and and keep looking at opportunities. But uh, the day to day renovations and everything, I can easily you know give it to him, and then I would yeah. I, I know that he will deliver. It's only so many hours in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the I think my, my thing... go ahead. Yeah, sorry. You know, uh, my my biggest pet peeve, uh, pet peeve uh, from doing the work myself was, I had you know an electrician, a plumber, and a carpenter at the job, and they didn't talk to each other. They mm -hmm. wanted me to be the, the man, you know, the, the guy in the middle trying to resolve their conflict, and I didn't know myself for what would go first, or what should happen first, or what is the right way to do it. And then they would you know go against each other all the time, and then call me and complain for hours and hours. And that to me was in a way, you know, really difficult to manage because I was as stressed with the investment and the renovations and everything going on. And then I had these, you know, I would say stupid problems to resolve every second day mm -hmm. where somebody promised something that would be done and I scheduled the next trade. And then, you know, he comes in and says, oh, this wasn't, this hasn't been completed. This should have been done this way. And then I called this guy and I said, did you finish it? And he's like, yeah, I finished it the way I, I thought is the best way to finish it. And so they didn't see eye to eye. And then I had to resolve all these conflicts. And I, yeah, the first one was a bit of a pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like people don't ever really think about this stuff. And of course, if you hire a GC, you, you know, you pay a premium, but you kind of avoid having to hear it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll deal with that. I mean, deal with trades because you deal with, say, a company that has many people that work for them. One day you get an employee that's having a bad day. They, they do something that sabotages another worker's work. And now all of a sudden I'm getting a bill for extras and there's bickering yeah. on the job site and stuff. And these are things that are not fun. Um, you know what? You try and weed these things out as they come. If you have people like that, you just kind of kind of pluck them out and you don't bring them back. That's that's generally been my approach. Like no matter how good or cheap a trade is, if they cause job site problems, it's not worth it. It's, not that worth it. it's just not worth it, right? It's like how many headaches are you going to cause in your life? Um, but, uh, yeah, lately I just been on a real kick for, for just hiring good help across, you know, everything I've, I've made like three key hires in the last month and just like trying to simplify life. And I'm hoping that, uh, that oh, I can I mean, start to you... see my time back again, because I feel like I'm so far gone with like just overwhelm. I have been for so long that it's like almost just starting to see the surface again. And, uh, I can right. only imagine what I'll be able to accomplish once I get that to happen. Yeah, I mean, you can only focus on so many things in a day, yeah. right? And then I think especially, uh, and by the way, congratulations uh, on the baby. Thank you. So with the kid coming in, I think it just makes it even more harder. 
yeah. to you know to be as productive as you were before and yeah. and it's for the right reasons right this is important this is you know more important in your in your life than everything yeah. else that's going on and and you can outsource everything else and not this right so so yeah. i think that's the right way to go yeah so i have like a couple of like key inspirations right now like for sure like my son he he opened my eyes because i knew i was already like just struggling to keep up like there were things like that i'll just avoid right like certain things that i just don't enjoy doing anymore as i get a little bit busier it's like oh i really don't want to do that like a lot of things to do with my bookkeeping which i used to quite enjoy and then now it's just like eh, no i'm not really enjoying that anymore i really want to uh, delegate any becomes a job off. right yeah, yeah yeah so um i've managed my my assistant is now doing a lot more of that so i'm less involved and it just you know, I, what, as, as one of them and more and more and more of those things get lifted off my plate, um, it helps. But my son inspired all that because I knew that I, I was already at a point where I'm like, this is too much. Like everything happen, is too much. Yeah. Like, how am I going to have time to be with him when I can barely keep up with my work schedule as it is? So it um, was, it was the same for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my son actually, so he was born and he was, I think a year old when I started on this journey mm-hmm. and our first house, I used to, you know, work Monday to Friday, uh, and, and, you know, those were also the times when you used to go to the office. So I, you know, from Berlin takes about an hour mm. each way to downtown. So I would effectively be, you know, uh, exhausted during the week every day. So I, I wasn't able to spend a lot of time with him and then he would sleep anyways, you know, six thirty seven because he was still one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, on the weekend I was out, I was just going out, doing all the work that I was doing, on, you know, on this property. And so my entire weekend was, was there. And so I would rarely see him. And, you know, within a month or two, as I was going through this project, I realized it wasn't worth like that time put towards the property and, and having to, you know, like saving that much money on, on uh, not hiring a GC just wasn't worth it. And mm-hmm. so the next property, I just, you know, switched. I made sure that my numbers worked in a way where paying for the GC was, was mm-hmm. you know, built into those numbers. And if I had to pay a little extra and leave all that, let's say money into the deal, I was fine. With it. Yeah. It was just worth spending right. time at home. Yeah. No matter what you got to hire help. Now, like if you're your own GC, that does not mean you swing your own hammer. Uh, you can to yeah. start if you want to learn, which <laughs> at your own risk, as you've seen. Um, yeah. But yeah, you got to hire teams, right? You got to have good people around you. And like, yeah. for me, big things been good site supervision, like good people, on, eyes and ears on site managing people. And then and exactly. managing I mean, defects, defects and making sure things get fixed. Yeah. And, and there's like, you know, there's, there's a small difference, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're doing everything yourself, that's a job. Mm-hmm. If you have people doing it for you, that's a business. Mm-hmm. You've got to decide yeah. if you want to do real estate as a job. or. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, and yeah, the other switch. quote, the other quote that goes with that one, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. <laughs> yes. If you don't have a help, you're basically helping yourself. I want to hurt. I don't hurt when I, somebody said that to me, like shortly before I just hired my assistant. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I got to stop. I think yeah. I, I really don't know how you survive without one person. I don't know. I really don't yeah, know. You, yeah. You've been busy for so long, I guess, you know, you probably need one. You're almost before. used to it. Right. Yeah. Like my, um, so I, I brought on a longtime friend of mine uh, as an operations manager in my company, just because he started yesterday. And nice. he like looked at what I, I've been doing. He's like, I have no idea how you manage what you do. <laughs> yeah. like I, don't I don't know, know how, you, how you survived it yeah right What's but good 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 that yeah. you've got the right yeah now. no i'll have to thank welly when he's old enough that he uh he inspired that but i think because once i started it was like first hire okay well now we're gonna hire um you know a full-time sort of media guy and 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 then from there it was okay well now operations are the next thing like operations need you know we need more help and um a lot of it's a leap but i think once once i saw how helpful and how much my time like one good employee could bring back. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I need right. more. And it, it goes for anything, right? Like one good tradesperson. Like I remember when yeah. I first hired, like you, you know the pain of, of managing trades and then you finally find a good site super and a good contractor and then your like time is completely back to you. And right. now, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, wow, what, all, what opportunities can I take advantage of now? Now, instead of doing one project, I could do five. More projects. Yeah. And then you're basically finding work for that. Once yeah, you've exactly. got good people, you want to keep them and then you basically focus mm-hmm. on finding work for them. But you you got to realize as you're finding work for them, you're basically mm-hmm. creating more for yourself. Like not yeah. work, but, you know, whatever you're doing, you're doing it better. It's mm-hmm. helping you grow as well. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'm optimistic that if I could create enough systems and processes and then have the team members that can execute on them, I could actually get less busy. I was, uh, I was busy to find something to get more busy. Right. But I was talking to uh, Kellen Panicha, uh, if you know that name, uh, yeah, he's yeah. been on the podcast a couple of times. I, I hadn't talked to him in like a year, maybe a year and a half, because he kind of went radio silent on social and we just hadn't crossed paths. And uh, he's acquired more and more property and does nothing. Like he's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't really have to do much. I don't mean to say nothing. I shouldn't, shouldn't say that, but he's like, yeah, I don't really have much to do. I'm like, like, really? Like, yeah, the average day, get out of bed at like nine or 10, <laughs> like hang out around the house, <laughs> go on the hot tub. Um, oh, wow. you know, he's hit that financial independence thing. He's like, I hire out anything I have to do. Like I have a GC that does everything. Property manager does everything. He used to manage his own stuff. Um, so he's gone from being, you know, he was already in a position where he'd achieved what you'd call fire, like financial independence and was mm. busy. And then he just kept delegating, delegating. And now he's to a point where he's like not, but he'll still buy new, new stuff, but his existing team can, can do it. So he's not super aggressive, not super active trying to find stuff, but is, uh, is making Going it happen. Yeah, yeah. And I, so and to see ideal. people like that, right. You see people like that and you're like, okay, it is possible. It is possible to, yeah. you know, grow your business and get less busy at the same time. So I think uh, somewhere when you start your journey, you know, getting that time freedom, which is also kind of my why, is the goal. But then mm -hmm. somehow it doesn't happen, right? You you start with it, you you get yourself to a point where you can almost, you know, get yourself out of, let's say, a nine to five if that's what you're doing, and then that business shouldn't replace that nine to five, but it ends up doing that. And mm -hmm. so it defeats the purpose for why you did it in the first place. I kind of see myself in the same place mm -hmm. right now where I feel like if I you know, stop my nine to five, I don't want to be in a place where I want to do this other you know, real estate stuff all the time because then I've really not helped myself. I've just mm -hmm. created another job for me, for me, but then I need to grow it in a way or, or, or build it in a way where I'm able to you know, delegate, have, be able to afford the help that I need to then, you know, have them run mm -hmm. the business. And then I just, you know, take a seat back. Yeah. I occasionally help. I drop in as I want to, but not, but, but by choice, not because I have. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Ferriss's book, uh, for our work week, I remember reading that and somewhere in there, he gave sort of an, an analogy that the system runs, but he's like the mechanic that can watch over and, and make sure it's running correctly, but it, you right. know, it runs without him, but he can always check in. And, and yeah. I, I like to, I think that that's the model to strive for in a real estate business is have removed for one, remove yourself as a bottleneck for information. If people say they want to send something to me and it doesn't directly pertain to me, but somebody else on the team, I'm like, no, 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 here's who you want. Here's who you want. You don't need to include yeah. me on that email. Just send it directly to them. Right. Um, right. And that's it happens a lot. Happens it's, a that's lot. critical, yeah. right? Like, I, I mean, one of the first things I, uh, I had my assistant working on is, is basically eliminating people who email me all like the the extra emails that come into my inbox let's just start getting rid of them redirecting them telling them to to email different people um just to simplify things and yeah uh, i mean I even uh, so when i started actually the journey and you know again lack of knowledge i had my my phone number uh, you know i gave to all the tenants and they could call me at any time and i mm -hmm. used to take those calls and then i stopped taking those calls eventually and then i made everything on the email, right? If mm -hmm. you need something from me, just send me an email and then I'll get to it as and when I can. If it really requires, you know, an urgent response, just say that in the heading, but don't put urgent for everything because then I'll start ignoring it. If it's a fire, if it's a flood, yes. If it's mm -hmm. none of those two, if it's just a you know, tiny, tiny thing, just, just let it go and, and, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And you know, I appreciate that you care about the property, but so do I, because, you know, I mm. own the property. So I, I appreciate that you let me know if there's problems with it, but I'll fix them as best as I think I can. Because what I've seen is for most of the tenants, or not most, but probably a lot of the tenants, everything is an emergency. Everything needs yeah. to be fixed like right away. Everything needs to be taken care of like the next day. Mm. And they don't really understand sometimes the concept of how trades are busy. Nobody wants to do the smaller jobs. And I don't really have somebody on, you know, like a payroll, just sitting there waiting mm -hmm. for this email to come and go and fix it. Right? It takes time to schedule yeah. stuff, to find the right problem. And then in most cases, they don't give the right information. They will tell you something out of proportion where the problem is completely, you know, something completely different. So it takes time to, to go through all those, so ask the right questions, get some pictures, get some basic information, and then 
looking at everything then decide who should this go to who can be my you know person on the ground who can go in and fix this and then arrange that and and even doing that has taken a little bit of time but now yeah. i think i'm i'm at a, at a place where i can do this but mm-hmm. then i still have some of these old tenants the ones that i kind of got with my first property they still work in the old model yeah, yeah. i'm just kind of waiting for them to go it's a conditioned so response can, right <laughs> it's just how i've yeah you yeah. know how they've been raised or how they've been in this place and in the yeah. system that i had with them they've just stuck to that system they can they'll yeah. just call me for anything and everything and i don't anything. i don't like that no no and and the best thing to do is to just stop answering um i found that's my experience and then just respond with a text if anything like if you get two calls like if they don't leave a voicemail then clearly it wasn't that important if they do leave a voicemail asking for a call i might text or email i would actually do that for a while one guy just kept calling me so i would i would hear his voicemail and then I would I would email them. Hey, I noticed I had a missed call from you. What's going on? <laughs> oh, I should do that. Yeah, I should respond yeah, with an email, irrespective of how yeah, they reached out. Yeah, exactly. So uh, then that would be nice. you sort of, and I don't mean to make it sound like this. So uh, please don't take this the wrong way. But it's sort of like conditioning response. Like you know, if if they're used to you responding that way, then they'll keep doing that. And yeah. for better or for worse, right? So I think if if you want people to respond with email or to send an email i always would do that they'd text me like andrew this isn't working i'm like can you send me an email because these this text will be lost i it won't right. nothing will happen based on this text um, yeah i so, know i i need to do that yeah so that all started getting better and then eventually the people who call stopped calling and i did have one house where we you know we'd get like a backup of a sewer or whatever and i'd get a call at 2 30 i won't take that call mainly because what am i going to do at 2 30 you know what i mean there's nothing that i'm going to do at 2 30 that can't wait until 8 a.m and I can live, right. I can live with that. Right. And if, if I have to, you know, pay for $5,000 more in damages because I didn't answer the phone in the middle of the night, then whatever. Like, <laughs> so be it. Like it is, it is, right? the it odds is of that are is. pretty low. And if it happens, it happens. So, um, and, but uh, that's and, and, how you keep, that's how you keep your cool as an investor, right? Like to be okay with yeah. these things. Yeah. I mean, to your point, there's nothing I can do at two thirty in the night. That's yeah. so true. There's nothing right. I, I mean, can do this. No, I'm an hour away. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So, so if it's a crime, they'll call the police. If it's a fire, they call the fire department. What am I going to yeah. do? <laughs> call, call 911 and, and, yeah. and have them handle it for you. If right? it really is an emergency, call 911. <laughs> exactly. And save your lives first. And that's, yeah. that's more important. And, you know, we'll, we'll worry about the, we'll worry about the house later. There. Insurance will take care of that. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so pretty much. Yeah. It's funny. I, what's, yeah. You know what? Like you get there with your tenants and eventually they, they get it. And, that's if you're managing your own, right? If you let a property manager manage, then, you know, they deal with this stuff. And I, I really don't mind getting longer term tra- tenants in that we just have a good understanding. But of course the challenge right. is that as rents go up, now you, now you got to pick what you want. Now you're basically, yeah. <laughs> you want to get so these are basically, rents. yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the early ones. Right? I and mean, just the way I brought them in, uh, mm-hmm. they're a little uh, older. So they basically are not very good with emails. I wasn't even looking for them to be good with emails because that wasn't a condition mm-hmm. back then when I, right. you know, uh, gave them the place and they're just stuck in those means for the first bit. I did it because, you know, anytime they would call me, I would worry about, you know, issues at the property, but then slowly mm-hmm. as you go through this process and you have a lot more tenants to worry about, you realize nothing is going to break the property. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a water issue, yes, get that fixed as soon as you can. But rest everything can wait, right? If it's a it's, it's a little bit of a like, like a broken screen, a broken window, or you know a furnace doesn't yeah. get started up, just just call Enbridge, right? It's you mm-hmm. know they're going to come and fix it. Uh, there's no hot water, call Enbridge, they'll they'll come and fix that as well. Like there's nothing I can mm-hmm. do about it. If you call me in the night in the evening asking me to come in and do it, I, I can't do right. anything. Like I'm not you know I'm not the guy to do it. Well, the other so thing you could do, like especially being as big as you are now, like you have enough doors where you create a little mini website, you know, a little WordPress website for your, you can even do like a free one at uh, like Weebly or something, it's drag and drop. And you basically, right. you know, put a, a policies and procedures, maybe record a video, hi, I'm Ansh. And uh, here's, welcome to the new property, it. here's what you need to know. And if this ever happens, then you have a quick, a quick FAQ. And uh, first, it makes you seem really professional. You know, how do we pay rent? Here's how. Um, you seem professional, and now you have a, something you can reference. If somebody asks you a question, say, hey, you know, here's a link to my FAQ. And you just send them over to the website. Now they, um, they look there. And 
I, for my student rentals, I would always send out an email at the beginning of the year outlining everything, like with what the expectations were with garbage, how they pay rent, like if there's a maintenance request, who to call, if there's a plumbing emergency, like I have an emergency plumber, um, you know, and that way they don't need to contact me. Like, and if they ever did, I'd say, you know, um, you know, here's the number for the plumber. Like I just texted, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I've answer. actually, you know, I've yeah. picked all these tips and bits from you all mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, getting the rents, uh, done automatically deposited i mm-hmm. use pendo pay something that you basically i think you were the one who uh, yes yeah, i never knew anyone who used it before me i never knew of anyone yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm definitely sure i got it from you i've got the system in place where there is like an, a welcome email where they come in for what to do what not to do what's placed where then yeah. i do like a checklist of you know when i give them possession for what exists and and you know note any mm-hmm. issues any problems with the property like all of that is so much more streamlined now as I've grown, I've learned. Yeah. It's just you know, the Early first on. few. Yeah. yeah. It's the first few that, you know, they haven't been through that system. They haven't yeah. really, you know, uh, been conditioned in that way, as you said. And and those are, you know, a few issues I have. And I think hopefully with time. Oh yeah. And again, they'll turn over the and then, going, then it's all over. Right. Yeah. I, there was a good probability it would happen, but to be honest with the rents going up, I don't really see them going anywhere. Unless there is a need, I don't think yeah. they would move because they're so happy with the rents that they're paying. Yeah, they won't get that kind of a unit, that kind of a property now anywhere for that rent. So, well, there's always cash for keys <laughs> with your own uh, place tenant. Know, you don't want to go possibly, there. possibly. Yeah. Uh, not for them. They've been they've been good otherwise. So, mm. you know, the property is is just doing fine. Others, I was able to kind of you know do a full burr on it. So, yeah, yeah. Something I might do in that situation is I might just reach out to them and say, um, you know, I've had to make a few changes because, and just explain, you know, the old system, we were doing this, we've actually switched over. Um, I'm going to ask that going forward, when you have an inquiry, you please do this and then make it really easy. And then when they don't, now you're not just springing it on them because you brought it up when there wasn't an issue, you talk to them about it. And now you can now when they do reach out to you and the old, you know, the old pattern, you know, texting you or calling you when they should be sending an email, you can just respond, you know, Hey, as I'm sure you can appreciate, like I get a lot of texts and a lot of calls, hard to keep track of this stuff. Can you please send me an email just so that I don't forget your request or something like that, just to try oh, yeah. and get them. And I don't know that you're going to have that much success with it. You may or may not yet there, you know, you no, can also, I'm trying. Yeah, no, no harm in trying, trying, right? Yeah, especially if they're going to be with you, that. because I could see that that would be uh, that'd be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll probably go back to them. Eventually, see, if you stop answering reset. the phone, people stop calling, right? That is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should do that too. I should uh, do that too. Sure. I know it seems mean, but it, it's it's not intended to be that way. Sometimes it's just yeah. an instinct, right? I I don't want to pick it up, but then sometimes I yeah. pick it up. Well, they habitually call, right? But yeah, I think, yeah, for you, you got to resist picking it up, right? Be be a little hard to get. <laughs> and that way, yes. they just, like, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do when, when there's a water leak? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to call the plumber. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> think yeah. about my, what my reaction should be to when I get yeah. the call. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like, if you don't respond to a call for four hours and some, if somebody said it was urgent, you call them back four hours later, like nine times out of 10, oh, they're like, yeah. oh, don't worry about it. We figured out a solution. Oh, okay. You didn't need me after all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so next time, just try and figure it out first yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just what I would do. I'm not saying I'm right. I just, uh, yeah, no, 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 there's a risk that's... with any of this stuff, but <laughs> such as <laughs> investing. So, um, yeah. anyway, so you got to a pretty good number. What did you end up coming into this game with? So you, you obviously went 50, 50 with the first deal. Like what did you have yeah. available for real estate investing when you started in, how did that grow? How was that grown? Yeah, I'm guessing you refinanced, but tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So the first one uh, that we did, and you know, those were different times, different market. Back then, uh, we picked up a single family home. It was like a raised bungalow. Uh, oh no, it was a four level back split, sorry. And this was in Wellen. We picked it up for 320K. So I ended up coming in with half of the down payment, which is, uh, 30k mm-hmm. and, and my partner brought in 30k and then our renovations were about i think 75k or so uh, because we ended up gcing everything ourselves and bringing the trades in we were able to keep the costs down and then we did our own flooring and our own painting and, and some of the little bit stuff here and there he my, my partner was a little more experienced with it so we could manage uh, you know, to control our costs 
And I think we, I, I probably put in about 80, no, uh, so, so 30, 35K in uh, down payment plus closing uh, and another 35 to 40K in uh, renovation. So I think I came in with about 80K and, mm-hmm. and the same for my partner. Uh, and then we ended up refinancing that property and ended up almost pulling up uh, out, uh, I think everything except, so all we left in that deal was 16K in the first refi, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and once everything was back in, then I had the confidence to kind of go in and do the next one myself. Uh, but then I had only, you know, all the money that came back, about 75K is all I had. So I used that 75K to do the down payment on the next property and use a line of credit uh, for my on my primary home, like a HELOC to do the renovations. And since then, uh, I've actually just timed all of my <clears throat> deals in a way where uh, I would uh, I go in, I do the renovations, I do the refinance. And while uh, the refinance is going on, I'll pick the next project. So by the time it closes, I have the funds available to keep circling the money out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after three, I think three properties or so, all of the first ones were then eligible for a refinance as well, like a second yeah. refinance because the market had shot up so much. Uh, I, uh, I think I did my first property, uh, like the second refinance on my first property that I did just last month or, mm-hmm. or, or a, a couple of months ago, because I had, you know, reached a stage where I was doing, I had three projects kind of going in, in parallel. Yeah. So I had, I, I needed a little more capital to work with. And so I refinanced mm-hmm. that one and refinanced another one, refinanced my primary as well. Just, you know, having all that capital available and then just deploying it as and there yeah. I needed it like refinance leapfrog <laughs> just keeps going pretty much <laughs> refinance after refinance and yeah. we'll see how the market goes but there's i think i still have uh, a good amount of equity in, in some of my properties that i haven't refinanced after the first bird yeah i mean nature of this market although things seem to be changing i mean i am seeing down. some examples of properties actually going down um you know i don't know if you're seeing that too but I think I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's hard to say whether we're in a, a buyer's market yet, but we're, we're trending in that direction, still seller's market probably, but. I think we haven't really had uh, too much of a trend either way, because, you know, January and February were hot. Then March, it kind of slowed down. April, it has definitely slowed down, but it's mm-hmm. just been four months. And I think we need to have a little bit of a run to know which direction we're going. Yeah. And no matter what happens, it's going to be, you know, it could be a a slight slow and stagnation or, you know, we could, we could see a correction of even 25%, like 2017 in some markets. I mean, it, it went back up though. Um, So it's hard to, it's hard to know where it will go, how far it would go down and how long it would stay down. But I mean, real estate's always been a bit of a yo-yo on an escalator as, uh, as we know, right. It's up and down as it goes up. Yeah. And the other thing is the rents are really strong. Like I think the mm-hmm. market in terms of the rents has adjusted to, you know, where the pricing is because there's always a lag on the rents. They, yeah. Right? They keep, they keep coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So the rents are being pushed now for, especially the smaller units, I think one in the two bedrooms, they're really going up quite a bit now compared to where they were, I would say mm-hmm. six months ago or a year ago. And so if the rents kind of stay up and let's say if, uh, you're not able to refinance the, the, the value out just because the market hasn't you know, uh, stayed the same and you don't really have comps to go against. Mm-hmm. You'll probably leave more equity into the deal, but you're also now not getting refinanced. That means you have more cash flow mm-hmm. because you, you still have a lower mortgage to pay mm-hmm. and, and, and so your cash flow stays strong. So you know, real estate basically pays one way or the other if you oh, make yeah, the right yeah. decision. Yeah, you either got the equity in it or you're, you know, you're getting yeah, equity out in your pocket and you have less cash flow. So yes. Yeah, it sounds like you've you've grown your significantly. Are you in a position where you could quit your job at this point? Uh, so yes and no. Uh, I am in a position where I can quit my job, but then that would mean I'll have to take you know the property management side of it, uh, which I still kind of do for my properties. But I'm trying to build that buffer first so that I can outsource all of that, yeah. not not be the person you know who's managing it on the ground. Have like team in place. Uh, whether it be outsourced or I hire them, you know, within my company is, you know, I could go either ways, but I want to reach that position and then retire. I'm actually also not looking to retire because I love the work I do, you know, uh, mm-hmm. at the bank. I, I work in a field that's growing very much. It's given me a lot of good opportunities. My team's good. So all of that is, is really, you know, going mm-hmm. well. All I want is the ability to do it 
by my choice right and, and not be forced to do it well there's nothing more risky than having only one source of income so if you have the parallel source of income it's like your choice whenever you decide to make that move yeah yeah and then i've also been looking into some you know some of the active strategies on the real estate side so i just uh, so my newest acquisition which would be in hamilton my plan with that one is to convert it into airbnbs uh, it's mm -hmm. quite close to me, just 20 minutes. Not that I'll be managing it, but it's still mm -hmm. closer, so it's easier. Uh, and I have a, a fourplex that I comes with uh, one vacant unit and one basement that I would be converting mm -hmm. into a unit. So I'll run both of them on Airbnb, and if it works out well, then I'll convert the whole mm -hmm. building into Airbnbs. So that should wow. really help. Oh yeah, that a lot of cash flow. There, there's where you can start really crushing the uh, the cash flow. I Yes. You know, there's so much opportunity out there, especially on the short-term rental side of things. And granted, if there's an economic correction, less people are going to probably use Airbnbs, but it doesn't mean no one will. And especially if you're in markets where people still need to come in there to work, uh, like Hamilton, people come and work at the hospital, things like that. Uh, I yeah. think that that's still going to be fairly strong, but time will tell, right? There's no, there's no perfect strategy. And at the end of the day, yeah, we all just kind of keep parallel pivot. or pivoting. Yeah. We just pivot until we, we find something that works. And then if that stops working, we'll pivot and figure something else out. We, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how, that's kind of what happened when, so I started first with the duplexes and I think I did two of them and they weren't working anymore. Like the numbers weren't working. The birds were all fine. I could pull out all of my money, but then the dent on my ability to, you know, uh, draw more mortgages was down. Like every time I would do a refinance, uh, the numbers weren't supported very well. And then my cash flow was kind of nothing if I was just doing two mm -hmm. units. So I moved into triplexes. Uh, I did two triplex conversions. Did I do three? I did three triplex conversions. Uh, the third one was actually the London one, which I then sold off. Uh, and then I moved uh, and did a, an eight unit building, which I'm kind of still working on. And doing that one, I realized while the numbers are so much better in a bigger acquisition, there's a lot more capital needed and there's a lot more you know, work that gets that needs to be done. And then, mm -hmm. you know, just, just for example, turning over eight units is, is a huge ask. So I was able mm -hmm. to turn over four units within six months, but the rest four, to do them and to do the renovations, I, the plan was always to do the whole eight units and then refinance now mm -hmm. I've actually pivoted again because the market's changing i want to you know do a refinance now pull whatever i can mm -hmm. and then sit on the sidelines and then as and when they naturally turn over i'll go in and i'll renovate and then i'll just refinance yeah. the mhc at the end so so yeah. you're always pivoting basically you know is, is the sense that you know as the mm -hmm. market changes there's always there's always a solution there's always a way yeah. to make it work you just got to be looking for that way. Right. It's like, yeah, what are you looking for? Right. Are you looking for why it won't work or why it will? <laughs> yeah. you... Or how it will, right? This, yeah. yeah. And how so it ask will. the question. Yeah. How, how can I make this work? And hey, I think we've all been guilty at times of not looking at it optimistically or, or the how to way. And uh, we just got to acknowledge that and then correct. Very cool. Um, is there anything you would want to share that I didn't ask you about? I know we mostly just talked about mindset and, and team, basically team building <laughs> and time management. Building and yeah. tenant management. And tenant all management. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So nothing much, uh, no, nothing specific actually, but uh, a couple of things. So, uh, and I think this is, you know, something that a lot of guests before have, uh, you know, said as well or mentioned as well is to always look for that why, right? Because there's going to be a lot of difficult times. There are going to be a lot of challenges, a lot, uh, a lot of roadblocks during this whole journey. And if mm -hmm. you are in this for the long run, you need that why. Because every time you have a problem, you look at that why and it will make you find ways. So, so for me, and it's actually a little bit of a funny story, uh, I thought my why was to be able to control what I can achieve in my life. And it happened because when I started this journey in, in mid-2019, and I started kind of learning about uh, real estate, it happened because at my job where I was doing really well, uh, you know, I was putting a lot of hard work, I applied for a, a level up, like a promotion, and I didn't get it. I, was, I, I felt like I had, you know, the right qualification. I, I uh, was doing, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of good reviews, a lot of good feedback from management they were quite confident that I was the right fit for the role, but then still somehow I didn't get it. And I felt, you know, really, really bad. And that's kind of when, you know, the, uh, the switch flipped and I said, 
I need to do something and I need to build something that I own, right? Where I make the call of what I get mm-hmm. from it or what I become from it. And so for two years, I've been thinking that as, as you know, what my why is and I've been working in real estate and, and not that it has, you know, done anything wrong, but, you know, it was very recently. And uh, so shout out to uh, Corey McKinnon. I, I kind of joined his coaching program recently and it's one of the first exercises he he makes you do is to ask yourself that you know seven whys question and i did that exercise and and realized that you know being able to control what i achieve was was on the surface it wasn't really the true why that was driving me it wasn't the why that would make me get out of the bed go out and do my site visits on a weekend where you know i'm missing family time and i'm missing uh, playing with my son i would just do that because there is something deeper than you know just that and as i dug uh, you know further into it uh, and went deeper i realized so time freedom is is what my actual why was but then it was you know not to say that i want to control my schedule my time freedom actually came from a feeling much you know deeper which was growing up in india uh, you know uh, we had a good childhood we we come from i would say middle class lower middle class kind of a family my parents actually came from nothing and they did uh, you know they worked all their lives uh, both my both my mom and and my dad and they put in a lot of hard work to give us you know a good life a good education a good home but in order to do all of that my parents had to really sacrifice uh, sacrifice their life sacrifice their time especially my dad he used to work monday to saturday 8 in the morning to 8 in the night right he, he had 12 hour shifts and it was it was a you know it was painful so he was never around he was always busy he was doing it for us right so I'm, i'm grateful for what he did but he was not around and he he missed a lot of good time with us and now that he is in an age where he's retired and he has a lot more time on his hand we have all moved on with our lives right i have a kid i'm here my my brothers here and he, he as much as he wants to spend that time with us we're not around we're just you know we've moved on in, in with our own things and when i look at my son and my own family i don't want to do that mm-hmm. i don't want to spend now working till 65 and then i retire but then i look around and everybody's moved on right my son's moved on into this life my my wife's old i'm old i can't really go out and have mm-hmm. uh, enjoy the same things i can enjoy today like all of that would be like it would be fruitful to see how you know what my son becomes and how his life becomes but it would be painful looking mm-hmm. back to realize that i have i had all this time i had all my life and all i did was spend mm-hmm. a good 8 hours 10 hours of my day at a job that is just a part of my life like a small yeah. part of life it's it's not my priority yeah. and I've, yeah i mean that's that's my why so every time i do this and i i get a problem or or i get a uh, an issue i think about this and i i'm I I just tell myself I've got to do this. If I don't do this, I'll regret it when I'm 50s and my 60s, mm-hmm. I'll regret it. I'll look back and I'll not I'll not be happy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that and I can definitely resonate with that. I mean, especially with the retirement plan, you know, people think that you can just work your whole life and then you'll have time. I mean, first off, most people are retiring and they're not financially solvent like they they can't really live the way right. they would want to. But I mean, there's no guarantee anybody makes it to 65. I mean, my dad exactly. only made it to 60. And, um, you know, that's that's tough, right? Because he worked, you know, he was a teacher, though. So he had the summers off and stuff. But at least he had that. Good time. But I think we we all need to make sure that we can enjoy life now because we're most, most physically capable now to enjoy. Now, yes. Right? And yes. it's not like I want to do nothing. I enjoy um, doing deals, good deals, and, you know, doing exciting business, not monotonous stuff. but uh, being creative and doing new deals and you know winning those are all fun things but you're right like you know as far as a why goes like i've i've often said the same thing the time freedom like my why is to just do anything i want at any time like i've always tried to peg it down more specifically but like i don't know what i'm going to want to do tomorrow but that's the adventure that's the fun like maybe i want to go right. golfing tomorrow maybe i want to go you know travel somewhere having that true freedom um It, that's that's a big thing for me now i'm sure yeah, i can dig down thing. on this further but but i always like the idea of just like every day like kind of just saying what do i need to do today oh nothing <laughs> what do i want to do today 
yeah that's the best place to be but then again yeah so with time freedom see how, why you want that time freedom mm-hmm. right what drives you towards yeah. that goal and if you're passionate about it and you're true to it you mm-hmm. know any problems that you have you'll be able to solve it it's yeah yeah i do i do need to to dig down deeper on that i mean my son's a huge part of it because like i just think like, i don't ever want him to see yeah. me struggle about money or, or, or us have you know I, I don't want us to ever say no we can't afford that or do anything like that like because that's what my parents had to say and uh so for me that's been a big big part of it a big part right. of why i waited to have kids and you know so so that's certainly it and then i didn't want him to ever say where's dad where's dad i want to play dad you know catch. i want to do something where's dad and yeah, yeah that you you know play with me spend time with me yeah i want to be able to do that i, I want to do that yeah, yeah. I want to do so that. i work from home i i have the the um the, uh, the fortune of being able to like he knows me just as well as he knows mom and he still spends more time with her because she's more tending to him but i'm here every day i'm i'm you know with him every day at some point they're and, naturally uh, naturally yeah. inclined towards the mothers but Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, he's going to be a mama's boy no matter what, but at least I can enjoy this time where he yeah. still smiles at me. I think as he grows and and you know that's what I've seen with my son as he's growing and he's four now, now he wants to play more and that's where he would need, you know, he would he would naturally come to you more because, you know, you're kind of the playing parent mm-hmm. and and you know, uh, mom is mostly the caring parent. So it depends on the situation where they need some, you know, where they they're hurt or something and they need they they definitely need their mothers first but then when they want to play you know that's yeah. where he would naturally come to you so it's for sure know, as he grows he would yeah would yeah happen. yeah i i have no illusions about that i know he's going to be uh more inclined to mom but i'll take my wins where i can get them anyways <laughs> right and where do people reach you where should we send them uh yeah so they can the best place to reach me would be on instagram uh my uh, id is anshatsach and my website is uh, vcrore.com so that's vcrore real estate that's the okay. name of my company so that's my website they can just reach out to me and and contact me through that as well i'm active on facebook as well but that's more kind of uh, my personal site so i don't really okay. do a lot of real estate through there uh but i know there's a you know a lot of people who connect me uh, with me through through that as well so they can reach out to me but uh i'm on facebook with my actual name himanshu uh but instagram and my website is the best way thank you very much for doing this i know it was a long time coming i know we've been trying to put this together for a while so it was great to talk to you same here same here and i think this is probably the first episode at least you know since i've been listening to you we haven't where we haven't done the numbers <laughs> I mean I was I was just preparing all that in the background but preparing yeah we'll do it another time. Yeah, we can do it another time. You know what? Not yeah. all of them, not all of them do we go into that much. We do often, but uh today often, I thought yeah. was really good, a really good uh, qualitative discussion. So I appreciate it. Same here. Thank you so much all for right. having me. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>